Welcome back to another episode of Scoop TV, and we're all one big Trojan family podcast. Hosted by uscscoop.com and published by Scott Schrader on this week's matinee episode. Uh, Mark and Josh, we're going to break down the beginning of NIL. Today's June 30th, July 1st, as new paradigm shifts into gear, and we explore all the new different avenues of, of advertising, who can do what, who won't be allowed to do what, when they'll allowed to be do it, a lot of different rabbit holes. We also take a peek back at the month of June and uh, we ask, did USC win recruiting their official visits? Uh, I think the unanimous decision among Trojan fans is going to be an overwhelming yes. But we also look forward ahead to what's coming up in July and in August and the season. And then we also uh, take a peek at Isaiah Mobley. USC's basketball star who has a decision to make. He had a strong combine, and now he finds himself possibly sneaking into the first round. Does he come back? Does he stay in the draft? These are just some of the things that we're talking about on this episode. We hope you enjoy it. Fight on. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Scoop TV on this fine Wednesday afternoon. I'm your host, Josh Ann. I'm doing my co-host, Mark Culkin. Mark, how you doing, man? And pump day. Woohoo! <laughs> Actually, you and I were, were doing this midday. Um, and then uh, sometime later this afternoon, I'm going to head over to uh, Miracosta High School for the opening in Elite 11. Uh, those festivities kick off this evening um, around 6 or so. So I catch up with, you know, Devin Brown and all the other uh, USC commits uh, and prospects and targets that are out there. So uh, Scott and I should uh, hopefully have some good uh, content for you coming up, at least some nuggets and stuff that we can keep our ear to the floor and pick some stuff up. Are we going to see you uh, get some action in out there? You know, show off your show off your skills too? Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, no, I, know, I know my lane. <laughs> and I'm happy to stand there. It's a good place to be. Hell yeah. To be. yeah. You, gotta have, hey, you know what? You got to have your head on a swivel, though, man. Last mm-hmm. week, I wasn't paying attention, and it was close. Yeah. I heard the buzz. Oh, <laughs> you heard ball. <laughs> I heard the ball, and I saw fucking Tom Cruise buzz the tower. Yep. 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 Well, it's the end of the month, and so starting tomorrow, NIL yeah. is going to be coming into place. It's kind of a – I feel like there's been so much buildup to this moment in college sports. You know, for years and years, it's been talked about, you know, should players be compensated for their name, image, and likeness and whatnot. And for it all to be, like, kind of, you know – it's almost like a, like a dam that's about to break, <laughs> in a sense. It kind of feels like that for me. I don't know how it feels like for you. Yeah, I, I think you probably painted the picture there, you know. There, there's been little cracks in the dam and, you know, putting bubble gum in the holes here and there, trying to hold it back. And yeah, starting tomorrow, you know, um, Superman might need to spin around the world to, to set things straight again. But it's going to be interesting, you know, which players are going to be, you know, over there on the corner of Jefferson and Fig at Felix, you know, signing autographs. And mm-hmm. will there be players hanging out at different local eateries, you know, 
getting contracts set up to sponsor and that's just the beginning man if you if you were a player uh what, what would be the local la joint that you would want a sponsorship from man i think it's tommy's for you obvious for me why tommy's 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 i said tommy, tommy. oh tommy yeah tommy's would be cool <laughs> tommy's would be good you know there's so much to choose from yeah I mean, do you, why even just stop at a restaurant? Why not just say, hey, Grubhub or, you know, Postmates or whomever. <laughs> I got room on my back. We don't put our names back there. Put yours back there. Which is another interesting thing. Um, how's that going to play? And how, you know, remember the whole Reggie 619 iBlack thing? Mm -hmm. How that got, you know, they were told, he was told he couldn't do that. What happens now? Are you going to have specialized eye black with, you know, promoting your, your company or your, your brand or whatever? Could be. And, you know, like, especially in like warmups and stuff too, like you might see kids with like different gloves, different headbands, like literally different socks. I mean, like, I mean, you, it really could be anything. I think cleats might be a bigger thing. Although in college, I feel like it's a little bit more uniform and what people are wearing, yeah. but that's, but we'll see. I mean, I think that, it's going to be very kind of eye-opening to see which players get the most calls. And, you know, at USC, it's fairly obvious. You know, your Keaton Slovis is the world, the Drake London of the world. Like, I'm sure all these LA companies have done their research into these kids already. Well, I, I guess that kind of bridges to another question is, you know, what is USC going to say yes to and what will they say no to? Um, because right now, California's uh, name, image, and likeness uh, law doesn't go into effect until, I think, 2023. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the NCAA pretty much punted and left the schools to their own <laughs> um, devices. So, um, you know, what would, what would USC say, USC say no to? Josh, you're, you're Keaton Slovis and you walk into compliance and say, I've been approached and I'm going to market this. And it's this widget whatever it is what is that widget that USC is going to say no you're not yeah it's, it's really tough to say because I feel like it's really uncharted territory so I feel like it's it's every situation is going to be relative and I know that seems like a cop-out answer but like you know I, I feel like in the beginning they should be listening to everything that these these players bring to them you know all the opportunities and such and then have open dialogue about hey you know make sure this brand is something that you actually want to represent right to be looked to, and so like look at the company's message, their product, or wh whatever, and be like, hey, like this is actually something I want to be part of moving forward because, you know, these sponsorships they don't stop when you graduate college. They don't, they're only going to get bigger for Keaton Slovis, who's going to be going to the NFL and who's going to get more fans and stuff right. like that. So, um, I think every situation is going to be different, and I think it's more important than ever that these universities have people in place to be able to give the proper advice to these players. So, do you think? certain players will have more latitude than other players? I mean, they're going to have more opportunity for sure. I think the one thing about NIL is that, you know, not every player is going to be approached for some sort of sponsorship or right. you know, name image, be able to capitalize on that. At the end of the day, you have to produce. That's where it starts. You know, the on-field production is, is what gets you those opportunities. And it's the same in the NFL, right? Like the best players are getting the most sponsorships. It's not like you're, fourth string left guard is getting amazing sponsorships. No, it's usually your starting left tackle or your start wide receiver. So, so. 
No, it's it's true. It's going to be interesting um, because you know we're we're we're, we're now comparing these guys to you know professional athletes and the mm -hmm. sponsorships they get, and we're forgetting that you know we're, we're you and I are specifically talking about USC players right now. We need to drop down a level and start talking about the recruits. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they're going to be walking into college or. They now have to make a decision. <laughs> Am I, you know, how long do I play in college? Because there are going to be another op, there are going to be other opportunities out there. So do I go to USC for a couple of years, bankroll myself with, you know, a couple hundred thousand or more, and then take that third year and go play some sort of, you know, Pro ball somewhere in Canada, or who know you know we know that these we've got these other minor league spring leagues going on at the pro level now. It's just gonna it's gonna be interesting to see how this plays out. Yeah, uh, it, for sure, and I think you know the NBA is like I would say as probably a step or two ahead in, in terms what, uh, in yeah. front of football. Yeah, you know with this whole like G League night thing and stuff like that. You know, who knows? Again, that's another avenue that could be opened up later on because, you know, there's going to be some kids that say, hey, I, I think I would benefit more focusing on football for the next three from 18 to 21 than I would having to go to class and do all the other stuff. You know, it's it's totally understandable. You know, I could see it happening. Yeah. And then I, I think that's the, the connect, you know, when you when you're talking about the G League or, the, you know, any type of the developmental league, um, you know, the NBA was already ahead of the curve. Um, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what other, you know, what other financial resources will get behind it now? Because like you said, it's, it's a brave new world. Um, Jake Olson, you know, he's got a company called Engage. We've, we've talked about this in the past. Um, they can't even forecast stuff five years from now, but that's how big it's going to be. You've got universities who are aligning themselves with different marketing companies and they're tweeting it. They're putting it on social media. We are now associated with XYZ trying to gain interest from recruits. You know, you've got the University of Nebraska saying every student athlete, not, excuse me, if, you, if you're a student athlete at the University of Nebraska, apparently there's this really cool hamburger place in Lincoln called Runts that you are eligible now to market their product. So yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see, you know, will the smaller markets, you know, what role will they have versus these big markets like, you know, USC or, you know, Ohio State and Alabama. Those aren't big television markets, but they're big football markets. So it'll be interesting to come back to that. Yeah, that's like a totally other thing that I was thinking about too. It's like, you know, these college town places too, like, you know, right. the, where it's like, and I think in that way, it actually creates more opportunities for kids who get maybe, you know, less exposure in the national light, right? So a player that USC, like, let's say I'm an Alabama fan and I know a second string wide receiver, right? And so I'm a local business and I promote him and people will still come because people there know who the second string wide receiver is as opposed to LA. Or it's right. like the national companies will be looking for the headliners most of the time. That's where they'll be spending most of their 
resources. Yeah, I mean, is USC going to tell a player that his family can't start a catering business and start charging for tailgates using his son's name <laughs> as the hook? In the past, that would have been like taboo. You cannot do that. And I, you know. Times have changed. Yeah, it really has. So, um, you know, we're, we can talk about NIL probably forever, and I'm sure we'll keep coming back to this, you know, as new developments <laughs> keep coming up. Um, so I guess we'll, we'll move forward uh, on that. Um, kind of, you know, in the same area, only because um, these guys are going to be looking for sponsorships. Um, Isaiah Mobley. Uh, we know Evan is going to probably be a top three pick in the NBA draft. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So Isaiah um, had a great NBA combine. Uh, concluded mm -hmm. last week on the 27th and he, he kind of blew up you know i remember that episode you know a couple weeks ago i, I kind of pointed out his his strengths mm -hmm. and literally during the combine when they got to the scrimmages he highlighted each one of those strengths now there's you, you've got some analysts literally talking about he might have played himself into the back end of the first round. I've been going back and forth on this. Um, you know, I, again, selfishly, I want him to come back. I think he puts you, this USC team over the top as far as, you know, being at the upper end of competing for the conference, the championship. Um, but at the same time, man, if he's hearing talk that, hey, you made the first round, that's guaranteed money. You got to go. You have to go. No, I'm totally with you. And, you know, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. If he shows out of the combine and he shows that, you know, shooting stroke and his versatility and stuff like that, you know, I think that that really helps him. And I think it really showed he was really able to showcase um, all his like guard skills as a big man. And that's extremely valuable in the NBA today, having a big that can pass and stuff like that. So, well, he's not really a big man, though. Uh, one of the things that, you know, was, um, highlighted i guess was you know usc listed them at almost 611 six, six, yeah, six, yeah, six, well shoes off he's six eight so oh, well nba is small ball <laughs> no seriously i mean you know you well, can get away with being your biggest guy being six nine today and here's the thing you know the, his versatility on defense you know and that's i think what literally might have pushed him over the edge because we know that he can hit the three. We know that he can pass the ball. Well, now he doesn't have to prove himself in the paint, which I'll get to in a second, but his on defense, because of his size, he showed that versatility and he's able to guard, you know, in the way the NBA is set up, one through five. Yeah. So, you know, we see what Onyeka does at that level. You know, yeah, he, he's, what, he's what, six eight, six nine. Yeah, I think Isaiah is taller than Onyeka. I would say Onyeka is longer, though. 
Oh, and he's a he, he is he's a more physical player. Yeah, way more physical player. But you know, on that note, I think Isaiah can probably be a more physical player because another thing that was kind of noted was, and, and I don't know how true it is, and I don't know how inflated the number is, but um, you know, we've always we, we we've seen Isaiah, I want to say, struggle around the around the rim. Mm -hmm. You know, finishing. Well, maybe part of that was due to his body fat, uh, which was in the uh, double digits, almost 13%. So that might have been affecting his lift, so to speak. You know, because I've always said, Isaiah, whenever you're around the rim, dunk a freaking basketball. Yeah, go out to hurt somebody. Yeah. You know, well, yeah, well, he hurt somebody's tired. feelings. Yeah, he might yeah. be tired. He might be carrying a baby with him, so. And when I say a baby, I mean baby fat. Yeah. So yeah, you know, if he comes back, he comes get back in better shape, you know, dedicate this final year, keep improving that outside stroke, keep working on your ball handles, which are good. Um, keep improving your passing game, which is above average. And if you can develop a low post game, you, you now go from you know, hanging around the first, you know, the, the back end of the first round to, you know, maybe solidifying yourself up there in the lottery next year. Yeah, I think that's the decision he's probably going to have to weigh, right? You know, but, can I come back for a year and be the leader on this USC team and push myself potentially in the lottery? Right. The only thing that's working against him is the age thing, because you know how it is in the NBA. It's, yeah. You know, yeah. these teams, they start thinking you're tapped out at 21. That makes this kind of sounds kind of crazy, but as a year three player, teams start thinking you're tapped out potential-wise. stupid. Yeah, I mean, me personally, take the best player. Take the best player, but, you know, that's the way that it's, again, it's like the NFL draft. It's projection over production. And so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, give me, give me an NBA player uh, between the ages of 24 and 30. Versus someone who's eighteen to twenty-one. One because they're they're basically physically matured, and two they've learned the nuances of the game. You know, they're, they're you know the 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 Lebrons, the Kobe's, those guys are so rare in high school, where they you know they understand the nuance and the mental part of the game. Give give me the older guy. Give me the guy who who stuck around for three to four years in college. Maturity really matters. It, it makes a huge difference. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, that depends on uh, where you, your organization is. So if you're still built, like if you're one piece away, you'll probably take like the uh, the Davion Mitchell or the Corey Kispert, right? But if you're a young building team and you just, you know, you, you have the time like as a GM to say, hey, let me take this kid and see if he can develop into something. Then you, then you might take the 18-year-old kid with the higher ceiling than the 22-year-old who might have had better stats. You know, that's just something every team has to weigh. Yeah, it's true. You know, what do they say? No risk it, no biscuit. Yep. Because all you need is one. You need one home run in the NBA, and all of a sudden, everything changes for you. Yeah. Yeah. And we're, we're seeing that. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get away from the NBA. I'm not, a, I'm not a huge fan of the NBA right now. I'm more of a fan of individual play. Mm. Um. I'm watching guys jacking up freaking threes from, from the logos. Not even, you know, not mid-court, not the top of the circle, 
the freaking logo. And that's part of the game now. It's it's either you know three point or, or dunking. Yeah, the analytics are taking over, Mark. Yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> so yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, at this point, right now, you know, he's got till I think July seventh. Um, players need to um, either remove their name from the NBA draft or, or stick it out. So. Tomorrow is July 1st, so he's got some, he's got a week. And, uh, What's your prediction? Like I said, if he's, if he's hearing the talk that uh, he's going to, he's hanging around at the end of the first round, I think he's staying. I think he's staying too. Yeah. He looked, he looks he looked really solid in his uh, combine stuff. And when you look at, you know, I posted a, I posted a picture of the, the roster and the minutes um, and, the, and the stats um, on USC Scoop. So if you check it out, it was, uh, it was on the team that was pretty loaded. And, yeah, a lot of talent. A lot of talent on both sides. Yeah. And he, he kind of stole the show. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what opened the eyes. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. And he might have played himself into the first round just off that last, like, combine scrimmage game. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I'm still hoping that uh, the Lakers and, and Houston can make that trade. So yeah, <laughs> maybe when maybe when in eight years when Evan is uh going into his prime, maybe he he can return home. Don't be a hater, Josh. Miami Miami had their 15 minutes. No, you got no. LeBron in his prime. Yeah, we'll be back. We'll be back. We'll be back. Come on, man. Uh, you want to? Oh my God! Don't even, don't even, don't even get me started with him. Um, you may you you brought up an interesting suggestion in our uh, group chat the other day with the, regarding the Pac-12 and uh, potential scheduling. Uh, Do you want to kind of introduce that to the audience? So the question is, uh, you know, we've got the new playoffs that are coming up eventually. Whether it's going to be the end of this playoff contract in 2026. Or whether it's as soon as 2023, who knows? <clears throat> um, there's talk about the Pac-12 maybe um, dissolving the division format and going dropping down from a nine nine game to an eight game conference um, schedule. I'm not sure where I stand on that yet. Uh, I can see the pros and cons. What are your thoughts? Well, I'm thinking about those teams up in the north, right? All those opponents in the north that we only play a couple of years because I think it's pretty fair to say that generally speaking, the north is more competitive than the south. I don't know if you would you agree with that? I guess right now, sure. Right now, yeah. I'm talking about like the last the last couple of years. It's been like that. And, um, yeah, and that's only because USC has been inconsistent. UCLA has been non-existent. Uh, ASU is cheating to exist, and U of A is, you know, Colorado, Utah is, you know, those Colorado and Utah kind of hang around and say, hey, look at us, and U of A is battling UCLA. So, yes, I, I would agree with you. I would agree with you. I think the ceiling of the North is usually higher with Oregon and Washington in the last yeah. couple of years. Um, you know, I think from a USC perspective, it's kind of interesting because, you know, if you – I'm imagining a world where you're having to play, let's say, like UW and Oregon every year. 
that changes the complexion of, you know, what you're planning for. And also the conference championship game too. I think that changes the dynamic of that. Cause you might end up playing a team for the second time in the conference championship game that you didn't play in the regular season too. I think that's another element of this. It is. Um, I, you know, by removing the divisions, you're, you're ensuring that the teams with the two best records are playing for the conference championship, mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, the one South winner, yeah. beat on one day and then, you know, in a conference championship team, let's say USC was playing Oregon, who, for whatever reason, had a down year, but they won the North Division and they've got three losses. USC is, you know, one of the top two or three teams in the country, and they're trying to secure their playoff, not the berth, but their, you know, where they're going to be seated. You know, should USC be playing Oregon, who has three losses, or should they be playing the next best team in the conference who only has one or two losses? What's your opinion on that? I, I think you know where I stand on that. Yeah, I think, and I think we think the same. Yeah, yeah. You, you kick you kick Oregon to the side, and you mm-hmm. you play the next best team because it's it's what's in the best interest of the conference. Right. Moving forward, and if you're thinking of like bold projections, correct. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, that's you know one of the benefits of removing the divisions. Um, as far as dropping down from a nine game to an eight game conference slate. Not a huge fan. I gotta admit, I'm not a huge fan. I'm a big proponent of strength of schedule. I've, I've always, I've never shirked away from you know making it easier because I can go back and I remember those days when you know USC's out of conference schedule back in the Pac-8 and the Pac-10 included not just Notre Dame, but you know it on the regular you're including you know an Alabama. <laughs> or, you know, a Big Ten team or a Big 12 team. It was three, you know, FBS teams. And Notre Dame was one of them. So, you know, and, you know, the playoff committee is supposed to be looking at strength of schedule now. So you now want to dumb it down, take away a, an FBS game. And in the, West, on the, in the West, you have very, you have a limited market to choose from. So how many times do you want to play San, San Jose State or San Diego State before you have to cross, you know, the Missouri River and go, you know, start pulling teams from there? You know, again, you know, do you want to make your strength of schedule harder, easier? Is it perception? Is, you know, does the Pac-12 cannibalize itself, make them look weaker or stronger you know, how do you, you argue that it's made made it made it made them look weaker over the last couple of years because that's how i was I, I think the way the, the conference markets themselves yeah that's I a mean, big part of it i mean that SEC, should be changing the sec is all about you know sec mm-hmm. you know at the end of the day it's group hug time the pac-12 is kind of like hey we like each other Sort of. <laughs> sort of, right. I've always been, hey, each man for themselves. So, mm-hmm. 
I have no problem with that message, but from, you know, from a conference standpoint, I think they do need to do something different. Otherwise, they're just going to continue to fall behind. Yeah, I think you brought up a great point about the SEC. They're really the polar opposite in the Pac-12 in terms of that. You know, you got like the bottom of that conference. Like, like why are why are Arkansas fans, you know, getting all up in arms about the SEC being this, this, this? Like, you know what I mean? The the cream of the crop is the Alabamas, the Floridas, the LSUs, and the Georgias of that conference. But you know, I think even the lower schools in that conference get some credit because they do have to play those teams every year, right? right? And I think that's that's there's no like. And I think that if they play a close game with, like, let's just say one of the lower teams in that conference plays a close game with, like, a Texas A&M, you know, they get credit for that. And let's be honest here, like, how much credit does, um, like, Arizona get for playing close with USC in 2020? Right. Not much. You know, it's just, it's a different way these teams are viewed. Right. Vanderbilt, you know, if, if Vandy beats, beats Texas A&M, you know, that, that is, like, major news. Mm-hmm. But you don't, they don't follow up with, oh, by the way, Vandy ended up their season five and seven. Whatever, yeah. yeah. But they beat Texas A&M. Okay, show me their other four wins. Guarantee it was, you know, it, it was their out-of-conference schedule and maybe one more SEC bottom feeder or middle team. And right now that middle team could be Tennessee. So yeah, you know, you and I we're 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 talking the same language right now. So that's where the Pac-12 needs to get better. Um, so you know, instead of saying they cannibalize each other, you know, do better out of conference, do better in the bowl games, recruit better, and then you need to have your you know your your anchor programs carry the conference. USC can't do what they're doing. UCLA with Chip Kelly as their head coach, you know, can't be scrubbing the bottom of the barrel. And, you know, Oregon, you know, they, they can brand as many uniform combinations as they want, but you know, nationally they're, they're still, they're just Oregon. And it's not a knock, but that's, it's, we're, t- we're talking about TV markets. We're talking about ratings. We're talking about marketability. Oregon markets their Nike. They market our uniforms, their uniforms, excuse me. Phil Knight. We have great facilities. Okay. Look all you got. So yeah, we kind of chose about a bunch of different rabbit holes there, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, with the way the playoffs are going to be coming sooner than later, uh, what direction the new commissioner, George Kalivkoff, uh takes us. For everybody, today's the last day of Larry Scott. Yeah. Yeah. Ding dong, the witch is dead. Don't let the door hit you in the ass. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and George is a, George is a media guy. So I think he wanted, yeah. He's one of the, biggest media i think that's part of the reason that's probably one of the biggest reasons why he was brought in is to kind of help the conference in that area so you know we'll see what he does i'm really intrigued but i think it's is it fair to say that it's going to be different moving forward in terms Uh, of the way the conference is marketed so i think it's fair to say it 
has to be different. Oh, for sure. whatever, whatever they've been doing hasn't worked. Um, I mean, look today. When did when did uh, Larry Scott take over? Was it two thousand nine? It's been a while. I think it was two thousand nine. They still the Pac twelve still does not have an agreement with Directv. I mean, you have fans really like having to Google where to like, you know, it's it's. It, People it get viruses no on their computer because they have to illegally downstream USC football games. Yeah, it's just it's. it's I have no words. I have no words. I mean, no they're words. giving him a, a going away party today via Zoom, I guess. I'm all right. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't get an invite because yeah, be right. my, my going away message wouldn't have been a happy one. So, dude. It's, time, it's time to move on, Larry. Good luck, good luck in the future. Bye, Felicia. Yeah. So yeah, um, starting tomorrow, George takes over and July 27th, we have media day. Mm -hmm. so he's got a, he's got about four weeks to, um, All camp. to get things going because there's going to be a lot of questions. Yep. And uh, I don't think, I think, you know, June was a big recruiting month. And I think oh. that you're going to start seeing, uh, you, I think we got a taste of the, the fruit that, you know, USC produced. But I think that you're going to see more. I, I wouldn't be shocked if you guys see more of that in July. And if you guys are subscribed to USC Scoop, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I, I was going to say, in fact, tomorrow's year and a one. You know, one of the uh, rhetoricals was, you know, did you know, did USC win the month of June? Mm -hmm. It's like uh, I, I think everyone would say yay. So, yep. like you said, we're kind of surprised we haven't heard from at least Some one people. of. Some at people. least one other. Yeah. So again, we're not here to steal his thunder, but you know, pull the freaking trigger already, man. So we got July coming up, mm -hmm. right? How, how many how many verbal commits do you predict, Josh? Well, I'm thinking of the kids that are set to announce next month. You want to set the over under at like three? That's fair. I think the money uh, will roll in on three. Yeah, I would. I would say three. I would say three. Okay. Are you willing you, to you want higher or lower? I'm gonna go higher than three. Oh, okay. 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 Are you now? Are you willing to put? Are you willing to throw names out there? I'm not. No, no, no names. No names. No names. But uh, I would not be surprised. I don't know. That's a, that kind of, that's like a that seems like it feels like a good number, feels like a healthy number considering we got three this month, right? In June, Michael, Kevin Green, Gaston. Do you know you had Gould? In Gould, you had four. Four, yeah. So, you know, now that visits are over, you know, we'll see a lot of these kids are like, you know, I think one thing that's like underrated because I listen to these interviews is like. You know, you get, yes, you get wined and dined for 48 hours, but it's also kind of hard to be open, getting flying place to place all the time. And so I think this is going to be a good month, you know, for people to sit down with their families and really figure out where they want to take the next step in their life. So I'll set the number at three. Okay. I'm going to go four. Okay. We'll see who's right in a month. <laughs> um, speaking of, will I think we'll both agree 
and even though it's he doesn't he doesn't count towards 2022, but uh, the JTT, you know, JT Tuimoloa, uh, can we put that saga to bed? He's not coming to USC. I'm not putting it to bed, but you know, it's 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 uh getting getting ready for bed. You know, the pajamas are on. You know. I'm thinking he's gonna make his noise by Friday. Until I see him in something wearing some other team's uniform and it's all official, I'll hold out. Because why not? You know, we can all dream. We can all agree. We can all hope. You know, yeah, we want him here. I think uh, when he canceled that visit to Alabama. With uh, that, I was going to say, when he canceled that visit, it's because there was a school in mind, in my opinion, because a decision was made. Right. And you know, so people were thinking, oh, it's got to be either Oregon because that was his last official visit. So people keep forgetting that his heart was always at Ohio State first. And whether or not Ohio State did what they needed to on their visit or whether they dropped the ball, um, most analysts and most insiders, you know, when you uh, put on your Sherlock hat around the web, um, they're still forecasting uh, or predicting him at a, to Ohio State. I'm putting the dark horse at Washington still. I think that's the dark horse. That's interesting. We will see. You know, that'd be cool to do a, like a hometown hero thing because we got USC kept its hometown hero in Corey Foreman. So it'll be interesting to see if Washington can keep theirs. Like, it'll help him. I mean, he's, yeah, I mean, he's a three-year player, so. Yeah, he's he's three and out for sure. I bet a lot of money that. Yeah, yeah and, and, you, and maybe you know I'm reading too much into social media, but you know he's putting a lot of his workout stuff out there where he's working out with a lot of the former Washington Husky players. So, we're into body language. Body the hat test, the body language test, social media test. Soon it's gonna be the NIL test, the sponsorship test. <laughs> oh, by the way, Josh, I don't know if you're aware, and if you're not, and anybody else out there in TV land, um, USC updated their mask mandates. Did you get your email, Josh? I have not. So if you're fully vaccinated, uh, campus is open. You no longer have to wear your mask. It's good news. Welcome back. We're getting it back to normal. Slowly but surely in California. I know in California it was different. In Florida, we've been normal for. So you're a used long, to it. All this stuff to you is just like, who cares, man? I mean, we've been normal. I mean, even living La Vida Loca. Whether like I like it or not, we were back to normal in last June. You know what I mean? So. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's cool. You know, it's another sign that things are going back to normal. And hopefully we can have the Coliseum as packed as possible in the fall. So, because yeah. I miss it, man. There's nothing like it. Nothing like game day. Yeah, I can't wait. So. Yeah. There, you, there you have it. I don't think we're uh, we're missing anything right now. Kind of go through some notes, see if there's anything we missed. We do miss Brandon. Um, he'll catch up with us eventually. Mm -hmm. um, but other than that, I think recruiting, I think just to close that door on recruiting, it's going well. I think they won the month of June. July is another dead period. Um, but when, when do visits open up again? Is it August 1? I think so. I think July is a dead period. Yeah. 
and that's when the coaches like take vacation days and stuff like that. So, well, we'll see if they take any vacation days. Some coaches go on vacation, others don't. They're working around the clock. Okay, so there you have it. We're uh, I think sixty six days from San Jose State. Can't wait. You can count the hours. We uh we we put that up on our uh, latest what caretakes because we we broke we broke down Washington State and uh, we let everybody know that there's roughly fifteen hundred hours fifteen hundred eighty hours until kickoff. Man, gonna be a good day. I know. All right, man. All right, Mark. So until next week, uh, Scoop TV. Fight on. Fight on.